Amen. We are rebooting. We're rebooting here. And that's a good thing. It's been neat to hear some of your conversations. You've actually said to me, oh, yeah, because I'm rebooting or I'm doing this in my life because I know God's rebooting some things for me. So that's actually been neat to hear the fruit of it. Um, But today's sermon is interesting. It's really interesting because check this out. We've been a church for eight years and I've only preached this sermon one other time. This topic, I should say. Only one other time. This will be the second time in eight years that I've preached this topic. But here's what's crazy about that. This topic is literally one of the Ten Commandments. So you'd think as a pastor, you should be covering the Ten Commandments, right? I've only done it one other time, which is insane. Because it is just such a weird and even misused topic when it comes to church and Christians and how we live it. Um, So I'm actually going to talk to you today about one of the reboots that God is calling us to do a reboot in is this idea of keeping the Sabbath. It's in the top 10, keeping the Sabbath. Do you know that literally in the top 10, God says, look, there's a best way to live. There is a best way to live, and I'm going to help you live that life. And so he says, start with these top 10. Here's the top 10. These commandments are going to help you live your best life. I say this all the time. You know, we, uh, as a as a person who's trying to use this microphone to the best of its ability. If I was like, I want to know everything, its highest function, its best capability. If I wanted to know the the most about this, I would go to the creator, the designer, the person who knows every single thing about this microphone that you need to know. I would go to what it would say about this microphone. Well, that's what God's word is. When we go to God's word, we go to the creator and we're like, all right, you tell us all about how you created us, designed us, purposed us to function so that we can get the best out of our life. Now, that isn't, that isn't like, I'm not trying to preach a sermon that's like, your best life now. You know, I'm not trying to do that. Uh, but God does have a design for you to be fruitful and for you to make a difference in the kingdom. You know, God said that you need to number your days and spend them accordingly. We all know the scripture that says, if you're faithful and little, God gives you more. Stewardship is a huge part of how we walk and build the kingdom. Can I get an amen today? So if God gives us this idea in the top 10 list, how many you know it's really important for us to make it in our purpose, in our destiny, and in the function that he has for us? This idea of keeping a Sabbath day is not God being like, oh, let's give them a few ideas. Uh, they could try a Sabbath day. That might work for a few of them. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. No, he's like, take a Sabbath day. You need to have a day where you're resting, a day that's not like the other days. Are you with me today? And so here's the funny part. You're going to love this sermon, some of it, in the room. You're going to be like, that's right. Take a Sabbath day and rest, and we should do that. That's good. Amen. But when you go to the table today and you sit down maybe with your spouse or you sit down with your calendar and you're like, okay, I'm going to build this into my lifestyle, you're not going to like the idea anymore. Because it's going to cause you to have to say no to some things that you like. And so your wife's going to offer up a bunch of things that you're gonna, she wants you to get rid of. You're going to offer up a bunch of things you want her to get rid of. And then you're going to get in an argument. And don't call me. Just watch the sermon again, because it was God's idea, not mine. But truthfully, I'm kidding a little bit. But honestly, here's the thing. If you really commit yourself to it, it should actually pinch a little. Like when, like when you commit yourself to this, uh, I think you need to steward in a way that it, that it is going to cost you a little bit because we need to make this change and we need to protect it. Um, and what's funny is anytime God designs something, God says, this is the plan, this is the design, this is what you should be doing. The enemy always tries to take it and twist it, hijack it, make it, and because it robs it of its power. So what have we done in the Christian world? This is what we've boiled uh, the Sabbath down to. This is what we've created. Here's the Sabbath. Oh, tell me about the Sabbath. What's the Sabbath? Well, you know, the Sabbath means 
You can't cut the grass on Sunday. That's what the Sabbath. Can't, can't buy beer on Sunday. That's what the Sabbath is. Hey, tell me about the Sabbath. It's in the command of God. I need to know about this. Tell me it's in the top ten. Tell me about the, the Sabbath. What is that? Oh, that's just the day where we go to church. Like in our religiosity, that's what we've made the Sabbath. But there's so much power in the Sabbath. Back to the creator idea where the creator was like, hey, I'm going to make sure that you're thriving. And you're... God said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. That didn't mean stuff. That meant quality of living in his kingdom. Are you with me? And so he's saying, one of those things is this Sabbath, this day that you're keeping before me. And the reality is we are horrible at it as Americans. As a matter of fact, we actually celebrate and we pedestal people who work hard and grind, hashtag no days off, New England Patriots, right? And we're like, wow, look at them. They work so hard. Look at them. They're hustlers. Man, they are getting after it. And we put up this pedestal of the no days off people. In reality, it's not the way God created you. And it's actually creating a very damaging culture in America. Think about it like this. You don't have to raise your hand or confess out loud because it might be too revealing. But think about this. If I were to ask you, do you ever get tired just thinking about all that you have to get done. Like right now, you'll leave here and you'll get home and the reality will sit in all the things that you have to get done and then tomorrow's Monday and work starts up all over again. Let me ask you this way. Do you walk in on Monday just as tired as you left on Friday? Do you ever feel guilty or have anxiety when you're going throughout your day off and you don't check on your work emails or your work things? I'm talking about you actually get upset because you're not you're wondering what's happening there I wonder what they did with this are they working on that have they handled this and so through your days off you're you're wondering and you're worrying and you're it's not a good thing now some of you actually need deliverance some of you don't have this problem some of you are those sick people who when you look at your phone and you look at the email inbox it has like 5,000 unread emails (laughs) or the app updates need like 77 app updates You people are sick, and we have a prayer room for you down the hallway. It's not supposed to be that way. It stresses me out when I see that. But the Society of Human Resource Study says that over 90% of Americans now believe that it's acceptable for Americans to work seven days a week. They think it's totally fine if you just work on things basically every day, whenever you have time, however you want to do it. They think it's totally justifiable for an American to be just working all day, every day, whenever they feel like it. The problem with it is, is it's creating this mindset and this mentality of things never stop. You never achieve. You're always. And so now we have this undertow that's happening. Am I teaching my kids enough? I should always be doing more, doing more, doing more. So am I teaching the kids enough? Are, are we, you, you look out and the, the neighbors are putting up a fence or the neighbors are planting a tree. Should we be planting a tree? Should we be putting up a fence? There's all of these social pressures of do, 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 go more, 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 more. Are we saving enough money? Are we spending enough family time? Do we hang out with our friends enough? There's all of this pressure of keeping up. And it comes because I believe we haven't built in this pace of, okay, God, I trust you. Even when I rest and relax that you got me. Am I saving enough money? Am I doing enough things? We live in this society that's never been better. I mean, reality is the average home is bigger than it's ever been. The cars are better than they've ever been. We, we, we have... Uh, live longer than we ever have. We have time-saving devices at a higher rate than we ever have. We, we have answers that you can access in a second. Uh, I'm not going to call people old. I'll call them old school. But there used to be a time when somebody needed an answer about something. They have to go down in the basement and get an encyclopedia. You're like, what's that? Exactly. 
dust it off, start thumbing through this thing and trying to find these answers and then cross-reference. all. Now you get answers in seconds. Like we've never had it better Yet Americans are saying, like, I, I don't feel satisfied. I, I, I got to do more, be more. If we just got a bigger house, if we just got another car, if we just did that, we're always going, going, going. Are you with me? And so God, it's like he knew that we would get to this place. And so he said, I'm going to make sure in the top 10 they understand that they have this Sabbath day, this day devoted for me. Do you know that suicide and overdose combined takes more lives than other deaths combined? So the suicide and death rate is higher than the other death rates combined. And it's because we are getting to a place where it's go, go, never satisfy, never take time to stop and appreciate and, and reflect and, and, and dial into God. So it's overwhelming. So people are turning to drugs or they're tun- turning to suicide because they can't handle the pace. Why? Because God didn't create us to run this way. And so that's why it's in the top 10. And that's why it matters to us. If you think about it like this. We've accepted the elimination of the fourth commandment. Really, in our culture, as Christians, we, as Christians, we've accepted the fact that we've eliminated the fourth commandment. I'll read all ten to you. Number one, have no other gods. Number two, no idols. Don't use my name in vain. Number four is have a Sabbath day and keep it. Uh, The fifth is honor your mother and father. Number six is do not murder. Seven, adultery. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. And do not covet. So it says out of every seven days in a week, you need to take one day off for the Lord. Meaning what he's trying to teach us is that God can do more with our six days than we can do in our seven days. Are you with me today? What's interesting about this is all of those other things, hopefully you would feel guilt about. If you cheated on your spouse, there would be guilt about that. If you, of course, murdered somebody, you go through the list, there's these guilt associated with it. I don't think anybody's ever scheduled an appointment with a counselor or a therapist and they said what brought you in today saying out, well I'm just here today because I need to confess that last week I didn't take my day off we would never do that but it's in the commandments it's saying hey you need to make sure you're protecting and keeping this holy and guarding it as much as you guard against the other things and I know I won't get all the amens and excitement today because it's really it pinches us But you would never say, think about it in our life. uh, We actually celebrate breaking the fourth commandment. Oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? How you doing? Busy, busy, busy. Just on the grind, man. Just after it. No days off. And I tell you what, we've been so busy at work. I haven't taken a day off in like three weeks. Double overtime. Man, they got us going. And man, we're just going after. And we brag about a commandment that we're actually breaking. What a blur. Oh my gosh, what a blur. I can't believe what a blur life has been. Think about this. Right now, you're sitting here. When you come here next week, it's going to be May. It's going to be May. Anyway. <laughs> but it's, it's May, which means you're that close to summer. Which, and so we would all say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the new year. What a blur. It's gone so fast. Ah. And we brag about how fast everything's going. Think about it like this. The scripture says that, that God gifts us. We have this gift called time. In heaven, God created this gift called time. He created us. He purposed us. He put us here with great plans. And and so God gives us this gift. Imagine if you plan an anniversary trip, right? Someone's like, oh, we're going to go on our anniversary, and I'm going to gift you this time. I'm going to gift you this day. I'm going to gift you all that, and we're going to be together. Then we came back from the trip, and somebody's like, how's the trip? Oh, man, don't even remember it. What a blur. I don't remember anything about it. It was so crazy. Your feelings would be hurt, wouldn't they? What do you mean you don't remember any of it? You just didn't even pay attention to any of it? What about, 
And I just wonder if heaven looks down on like this life that he gave us and this time that he gave us. And, he's, and we're all running around here going like, busy, busy, busy. Don't remember any of it. Whew. Going so crazy. Are you with me? What a blur. I thought about it like this. What if we celebrated breaking other commandments the way that we celebrate breaking this commandment? We go into the store. How's it going? Oh, man, busy, busy. No days off. What if you go to the checkout counter? Hey, how you doing? Man, tell you what, been cheating on my wife for six weeks. Just really cheating. So much cheating. Really been putting it in there. The cheating. Well, you guys are perverted. I just want to bet right there, just so you know. I accidentally said that in first service. For those of you who missed it, those words don't go together very well. You wouldn't do it again. Oh, I'll do it again. You know why? Because you can have fun in church. You guys are terrible. I need a drink of my big whiskey. For those of you who didn't hear that, my mother just confessed, see, that's the one I disowned. <laughs> my favorite part about Christians, can I just rant for a minute, or my just is so uncomfortable? You guys are sitting here upset that I made a sex joke, and then you're going to go home and watch Grey's Anatomy all day. Get real. Like, get a life. I wish he'd hurry up. I got to finish the Kardashians. Oh, he said a sex joke. Oh, for the uncomfortable ones? Yeah. If you're upset, I have some cards in my office, some other churches that are great. I'll help you go to those. Back to the real point, though. But you would never go in public and celebrate. Yeah, how's it going? I tell you what, I've been murdering people at a rate I've never had before. I just, I tell you what, we're really, because it's insane. But we do that with the commitment. It's still in the top 10. And we walk around talking about, man, we're really, man, we're going for it. We're, and, it and it's just insane. I thought about it like this. Uh, I would say it to you like this. We are ignoring God's plan for rest. I mean, if you just put it out there, we're ignoring God's plan for rest. They say about athletes. Uh, they did a study of Olympic athletes and high-level athletes. And as much as we put on a pedestal, man, they have this work schedule. They have this thing, and they, they put in all this stuff. They say that athletes have as rigorous rest schedules and recovery schedules as they do workout schedules. Why? Because it matters. Because you were made. God created you to work hard and to achieve, but he also created you to rest and recover just as much. And it's the same thing spiritually. Uh, I thought about it like this. Uh, we'll jump into it. Let me read it to you. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, starting with verse 8 is where we get this. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Remember the Sabbath day because you knew there would come a time where it's like, yeah, we'll get so busy that we could possibly forget. So it's saying remember, remember. It's something you're going to have to work for. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The definition of holy is to make it set apart or uncommon. The seventh day or your Sabbath day needs to be a day not like the rest. So if I were to ask you bluntly, do you have a day in your week, in your schedule, that is uncommon or it's not like the rest? Most of us would probably fail that answer. No, I actually do still check emails all the time and a lot of them are pretty much like the others. One uh, definition of the Sabbath here means this. It means to cease 
to stop or to rest? Do you have a day of your seven days where you're ceasing, you're stopping, and you're resting? You're remembering this day and keeping it holy. I put it to you like this. If you don't have a day like that, then you're being disobedient to God. Man, oh, pastor, you're bringing the heat. It's in the top 10. Why is it in the top 10? Because God designed you to do this so that you can live the life that he's called you to. Y'all know me. I love to get up here and talk about warfare and taking ground and spiritual. And we love all the faith message and all this kind of stuff. But as important as those is God saying, take a day, keep it holy, and trust me while you rest. And if you don't do it, we're walking in disobedience. Verse 9 says this, six days you shall labor and do all your work. Where does all your work happen? In six days. Not in seven, not in six days. You schedule your life in a way that this is where work happens and the other day is uncommon or set apart for the Lord. He knew that we would look for loopholes in this. He knew that we would try to find a way around it. So he add, we, we get an addition to this. It says in verse 10, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or your daughter, your male or female servants, nor your animals or foreigners residing in your towns. It says this, make sure your household is doing no work. Make sure you're setting it up over your family that you're, you're doing no work. Now, you could have a Sabbath day and your spouse might have to go work at another thing. I'm not going to try to get into all those scenarios. But what it's trying to get you to do is this. On your Sabbath day, you can't sit and say, hey, kids, read me my emails. <laughs> said, no kids, no, no, no work. You set it apart because he knew that we'd be looking for ways. They did a study on the gold rush. Everybody rushed to California to go do the gold. And uh, some people never stopped. They just went all day, all night, and they were trying to get there. And do you know that the people who actually built in rest made it there before the others? Because there's productivity built into you when you can find rest. What I love about this big picture that we're about to see here about God, about how serious he is about this. Check this out in verse 11. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God made everything in six days. He rested on the seventh day. But my question to you is this. Did God get tired? Did God need rest? No. He didn't. Isaiah 40, 28 says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of heavens and earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. Then why did God rest? He rested because he knew we're called to be imitators of him. And he was modeling for us that six days and then on your seventh day you rest. That's the foundations of the earth were literally modeled to you with this idea of making sure you make time to rest. Isn't that crazy? It's not a cute little idea set on the side. He's saying rest. It's amazing. Uh, we put it down like this. You've heard this before. God made you a human being, not a human doing. Your value doesn't come from all these accomplishments and all these achievements. I'm a seven on the Enneagram, and so I like adventure. I like doing all these things. I like to try all the stuff, and I'm always looking for the next thing to do. And so I have to guard against always trying to do something. Uh, you guys have heard all the stories about 
when we go camping, I rake the beach and I actually bring electric garden tools and I weed whack around things. Like, cause I just, I'm always moving. I just always like to do things. I was, this sermon was in mind. And, um, this week I knew I was preaching it and, um, I was so grateful. It was such a wonderful week. The Dave Matthews band summer tour schedule got rearranged and it's happening this year. And I was so excited because now Chicago dates opened for me. And so I get to go to Chicago, but I'm watching myself not do this well because I was like, all right, Chicago. I love Chicago. Jess and I are going to go and we're going to go to Chicago. And then I'm looking, I'm like, all right, I got the concert at night. I was like, what else can we do? I was like, oh, the Cubs play in the afternoon. Perfect. And then I was like, so we'll do the Cubs game and then we'll go to the concert. I was like, well, we got to fill the morning. I was like, let's get the Institute of Art going in the morning. And so we'll wake up, we'll go to the art and then we'll go to the game and then we'll go to the concert and then we'll go out to eat after that and no rest for the wicked. You know, like and, and I just realized, like, many of you are that way, too. Like, this, this pace, it comes from a good place. It doesn't even necessarily come from a bad place sometimes, but you still got to guard it. So I'm going to give you two, two books to check out. One is called Addicted to Busy by pra- Pastor Brady Boyd. Addicted to Busy. The other one is called Simplify. I forget who that one's by, uh, but Addicted to Busy. Here's what Brady says in that book. He says, if we don't take our breaks, if we don't do what God told us to do, If we don't give ourselves these Sabbaths, your body will do it for you. Heart attack, stroke, breakdown. Because you're not created to go at this pace. Uh, And so it's important for us to do this. Another study, I'm trying to think. It was probably two years ago. uh, I was doing some testing uh, just about like pace and burnout and your schedule. And I was answering all these questions. They had you do this survey and it was like, hey, write down all of the times that you have like your best memories with your kids, with your family, with your your wife. You you write down all of these memories that are just great memories to you. And so you write them all down. You put all these things in there. And they say, "Okay, now go back through and, and put a mark next to the ones that happened on vacation or a day off or a weekend. And it's like all of them. Why? Because God's like, hey, that's where good things happen is when you set aside time to be present and not be hustling. And not, Are you with me? And so, again, it's not God being like, try it if you want to. Just try it out. It's fine. No, it's like you have to do it. This is how I designed you. Are you with me? Ignoring rest is a sign of immaturity and insecurity. When we ignore rest, no, man, I'm, I'm a gladiator. No, everybody knows that I just go hard. It's a big deal. I can, I can. No, no, no. Ignoring rest is a sign of immaturity and insecurity. Uh, my kids, uh, the insecurity part comes from this, where we're just like, no, no, if I don't achieve, if I don't do it, then somebody else is going to do it, and they're going to take the promotion, and they're going to do the thing, and so we're insecure. We don't trust God that he's going to take care of us. So we work too hard to try to take care of ourselves. Or the, or the immaturity part of it comes from, like, we just don't realize that you're better when you're rested. And the reason I call it immaturity is because look at our children. What happens at bedtime? They don't have an understanding, they're immature, they don't have an understanding of how important rest is. They don't understand that their tomorrow will be better when they take the time to rest. They also don't want to miss out on all the things. And so it's like, all right, guys, time for bed. And they get their little blankies and they march right down to bed and tuck themselves in and say goodnight. No, they, they don't go to bed, and then they get out of it, and then they don't get out of it. And then we got to go in the pantry and get that melatonin. Praise the Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. He gives good gifts. Amen. Melatonin. But for my kids, if they don't rest, 
I'm going to say this kindly, they're worthless the next day, right? <laughs> to try to get them to do anything is impossible. It's the same thing in our life. When we don't take that Sabbath and we don't rest, it's impossible for us to accomplish. I put it down like this. Without rest, you will experience a poorer quality tomorrow. Without rest, you will experience a poorer quality purpose. You need that rest uh, in your car. Uh, the engineer, you know, put together your car says, and I know it changes based on the oil that you use, but you know, they say, oh, 3000 miles, you got to change that oil. The engineer, the manufacturer says, Hey, after 3000 miles, you, you're going to have to change that stuff. Why? Because stuff's going to break down in there and the internal parts are going to, it's not good for it. It's not going to be good for it, but <clears throat> I got to make a little confession. I've driven a car past 3000 miles on its oil. Anyone else? 35. <laughs> Can I get a 4,000? <laughs> Someone told me in first service, their mom or grandma went 22,000 miles on their own. It's like, yeah, that's not good. But, uh, but we do this, like, it's good. Can I tell you, when we went 3,001 mile, nothing happened. 3,500 miles, nothing happened. I couldn't tell the difference. 4,000 miles, nothing, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. But internally, things are breaking down and wearing down and damage is happening. And so you're over here doing the Ross thing. I'm fine, I'm fine. You think you're fine? I can go at this pace. I'm fine. It's just a season. I'm fine. No, you're not fine. Because internally, you don't realize the damage. Because God said you're built to take a rest. Are you with me? I love this. The scripture says that he said, Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The word blessing here means he invoked favor, divine favor, and filled it with strength. So when he called the Sabbath day blessed, the, the translation here is that he filled the Sabbath day with strength. See, you think resting is being lazy or taking a day off or whatever, but you're actually partnering with a day that's been filled with strength for you. You get better when you take your day and you guard that day. The reality is there's two big areas that we struggle the most in trusting God. It's in our time and it's in our treasure because those are the things that are the most scarce to us can never have enough money, can never have enough time. Both of these things you could lose. And, and so we go, God, I, I don't know. And these are the two areas that God asks you specifically to trust him. Tithing, he asks for a minimum, 10%. Of course, you can give more offering, whatever. But he says, will you trust me with 10%? Because God can do more in our lives with when we give him 10% than if we did all 100% on our own. When we give God, with nine, God's 90% goes further. 90% goes further with God than if we try to do all 100% on our own. You know, it's the same thing with your schedule. If you give God the one day, and then those other six days you work hard. See, pastors have figured it out. We totally figured it out. We, we give God one day, Sunday, and then we take all the other six days off. You know, he's just... Stanford did a production uh, study about people in the workforce and they found that people who only work six days versus always being on the clock are more productive than people that are always on the clock. Uh, they saw that productivity dropped on average uh, of people who begin to work over 55 hours a week. So if you, the people who worked less than 55 hours a week got more done than those people who clocked more than 55 hours because you're not made to run at that rate. During the French Revolution, they... Uh, they set out to change the order of society. They're going to reshuffle everything, and they decided they were going to put people to work seven days a week. That was going to be the work schedule every day. It would be just what we do is go to work. And they saw a massive health crisis. But numbers immediately begin to change with people's health. Why? Because you're not created to be that way. 
I'll close with this. Uh, the one place that we can get the ultimate truth about this example, it comes from the holies of holies. It comes from the most holy and righteous place that you could ever encounter that we see this example lived out in our modern day. And that would be if we take a look at the holy place called Chick-fil-A. If you go on the Chick-fil-A website, the reason that they list that they're closed on Sunday, remember Kanye told you they're closed on Sunday? Uh, they're closed on Sunday, and the scripture says, for rest and for worship. So what's interesting about this is it's really a terrible business model because Sundays are the highest grossing fast food day of the week. So if you are going to be somebody who has a fast food restaurant, it certainly wouldn't make any sense to go, oh, you know what our plan's going to be? We're going to close on the best day of the week in terms of revenue. We're going to close that day. But no, they've said, you know what? We trust God that if we close here and we honor our staff and we honor God with rest and with worship, God can do more with our six than if we did our seven. Now, here's where it's proven true. Chick-fil-A by far is the most profitable fast food restaurant, and it's not even close. They come in per store capital at about a $4 million revenue. Second place comes in at $2.6 million. So God is doing amazing things with their model. Now, I'm not saying every business needs to be closed on Sunday. I'm not even saying that your Sabbath day needs to be Sunday. But I'm just saying when you make a heart commitment to be devoted to a day for the Lord, he honors it. Can I get an amen today? So people always ask me, all right, well, what do you do on the Sabbath day then? Like, what am I supposed to do on the Sabbath day? It's not so much of what you do on the Sabbath day. It's what you don't do that really matters. And so my example is this. Here's what you don't do. You don't do something related to what you do to earn your income. So whatever you do for a living, you don't do those things that are your job. So you push that all aside. So, Pastor, are you saying I can cut my grass on a Sunday in Zealand? Yes, actually, I am. <laughs> but you need to specifically sit down, have a conversation with the Lord, and say, okay, God, how do you want me to keep this holy day, this uncommon day, this day devoted to you? As you heard me mention, it might not even be a Sunday for you. But what do you do? And so whatever your job is, is some, if you're a teacher, you don't grade papers on your Sabbath day. It's a day, of, uh, they put it, a mentor t- told it to me like this. It's a day, a Sabbath day is a day for you that should have no deadlines. I got to get this done. I got to do this thing. I got to do this stuff. And so for you, if you like landscaping, you like going out and doing stuff and, and you want to do it, then you're totally allowed as long as it's not your, your job and it's a deadline and it's a pressure. If you're a salesperson, you don't do sales on a sales day. You, don't, you can't even sell on Marketplace. You can't even do Craigslist. No. But you got to know what's in your heart. What, what moves into work and not uncommon uh, is what you got to guard against. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you got to pick a day where you do not take care of your kids at all, the whole day. <laughs> don't get them a drink. <laughs> you're not getting them dressed. You're doing no laundry. I mean... God said with six days, you give them, you know, you give them that day. God's going to take care of it. But truly, we got to go to God and decide, God, I, I want this connection. Right? That's what it's about. It's about this relationship. God, I don't, I don't want this gift that you've given me, this time, this day, this, this treasure of time. I, I don't want to say, oh, what a blur. I barely even remember it. No, you want it to count. You want it to matter. It's like it's the vacation. You want to be able to look back and be like, oh, 
I didn't just enjoy my family on vacation. I had this many Sabbath days where we, are you with me? Where, where God filled a day for me with strength. The Sabbath day, he called it holy. He filled it with strength, divine order. Like the, the, all these days is what God's desire is for us. And so truly we got to guard it and walk in it. Amen.